welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin, and the show. Look, uh, season's over. We are now going to start taking our focus and putting it uh, towards the off season. One of the top questions, probably the top question here for the Lakers, is what's going to happen with Austin Reeves. So let's get to it. I am of the opinion. I think this is an opinion shared by many, but I am of the opinion that the Lakers' top win at the deadline was creating a path for Austin Reeves to get more of an opportunity. Um, Look, (laughs) however you feel about Russell Westbrook, let's set that to the side, right? Um, But I think it's pretty clear at this point when it comes to people that I trust on the ball, uh, this might be blasphemous, but I trusted Austin Reeves on the ball a lot more late in game situations and in the playoffs, especially uh, a lot more than I ever did Russ in, when he was with the Lakers. Um, and and look, different stages of their careers, yada yada yada, all that, the, all those disclaimers um, can be acknowledged if you want. But at the end of the day, moving Russell Westbrook allowed Russ, uh, Austin Reeves to just kind of step in and do his thing. And him doing his thing was a big part of the Lakers going on the run that led to getting into the playoffs. And then him doing his thing as far in, you know, plus other stuff, right? Plus D'Angelo Russell playing well in a couple series. Um, plus, you know, AD and LeBron being healthy at the same time in the playoffs. Like, Austin Reeves getting, you know, uh, you know, being allowed to just do his thing, it was was just a a huge part of the Lakers' success here in this this big run. That's why when you when you talk about this Lakers offseason, beyond like I would love to see Anthony Davis get into better shape and become more explosive than we have seen him in the last couple of years when uh, he decided he wanted to bulk up uh, more than, you know, bringing back Rui Hachimura or more than D'Angelo Russell, you know, getting a little bit more time in this situation and system uh, to potentially grow, right? More than all of those things, the number one question I would imagine that most Lakers fans have going into this offseason, weirdly, crazily insanely even is hey what's going on with austin reeves like the question that i get from everybody back home from people out here from people on twitter emails stuff like that what's going on with austin reeves what is they're bringing him back right there's no way they don't bring back austin reeves there's no way they don't make the same mistake with uh, Austin that they did with AC. And I mean, because I've gotten all of those questions and because I myself am curious about it, I have been asking around. So this lowdown is going to be dedicated to Austin Reeves and what led to his market blowing up the way that it has, stuff that I'm hearing about his market, stuff that I'm hearing about the likelihood that the Lakers match that and the impact that that has on the market and some options that Austin Reeves has here in 
this huge offseason for him. Let's start with what led to all of this, right? And I could go through the numbers and honestly bore you. <laughs> uh, the, 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 numbers, the numbers are great, right? Um, but to me, it is just like when I, when I think about Austin Reeves and what makes me excited about his future in this league, it is that as a second-year undrafted player, he is staring down some of the absolute icons in this game and saying, what's up? What are we doing? How are we doing? Are we getting after it? All right, cool. Let's get after it. And uh, that is insane. <laughs> it, um, it, look, I'm not going to, man, I'm, I'm already in it. I'm already committed. It reminds me of Kobe. Like, not, obviously not the player. Obviously, like, Kobe was a few inches taller, could jump significantly higher, was a longer player, was a better defensive player, all of those things. I am not saying that Austin Reeves is the player or will ever be the player that Kobe Bryant was. But when Kobe got to the league, there was this brashness. There was this gall. There was this, don't give a fuck who's standing in front of me. I am going at you. And, uh... That is a a hugely important characteristic to have in this dog-eat-dog league. And uh, Austin Reeves, you know, I, I have it on, on good authority that by the end of the series, Austin was like begging to guard Jamal Murray. How it would have gone, who knows? Jamal was on that kind of a run. I've called him Jamal Curry on, on, on several occasions. He was incredible. But, you know, the actual Curry... <laughs> The other Steph Curry, the actual Steph Curry, Austin wanted some of that too. Austin wanted to go at Steph Curry. Austin did go at Steph Curry. Like it was that was a part of the Lakers game plan in beating the Golden State Warriors was all right, let's see if Steph is guarding Austin. Let's put Austin in some pick and rolls. Uh if if Steph is able to get over, let's see what Austin can do with that extra step over the top. Let's see if if Austin can can be physical enough to to um, you know hold his spot with Steph or with whoever is guarding him. It is it is insane, and and by the way, like that that comes after the series where John ja Morant, <laughs> Desmond Bain, like the, at every stage in this in this uh, playoff run, Austin Reeves has been looking across at an elite guard, Jaw Steph. Jamal, given the way he was playing, didn't blink, you know, maybe didn't, obviously didn't produce at the same level at those guys because, you know, he, he isn't that kind of a player, but the fact that like from a, from an attitude standpoint, from an approach standpoint, from just a sheer competitive nature, the fact that he didn't care who was in front of him. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. See how this goes. And there was just like a, a a dogged nature to the way that he looked at it. That you know, on top of he has really taken strides as a shooter. Um, I think this off season, because of the the, the player that he is, he's going to really work hard uh, and and continue to take another step forward in his career. Tighten up the dribble, get better defensively, lift right. Uh, remember, Miran Fader wrote in a profile uh, of him for the Ringer that Austin had never really been on a lifting regiment. Um, and 
you know, when he got to the league, that was something that he was actually really looking forward to was working with people who knew how to kind of shape his body for what is necessary in the NBA. Um, the guy just, he's a workhorse. He wants to continue to get better. And, and when you combine that with just the general approach, the don't give a bleep nature of, of his, you know, confidence level in this league without like, it's not Dylan Brooks, right? It's not, it's not machismo. It's not, it's not uh, overconfidence, overcompensation. It's just this kind of quiet confidence and, um, and <laughs> sometimes not so quiet, right? He's going down the sideline, pointing at his arm on, on threes, and he's, you know, picking fights with, what was his name? Josh Green of the Dallas Mavericks. Like occasionally it pops up and that, and that, and that insane co- competitive nature does kind of bubble to the surface and you really kind of see it in 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 all of what it can possibly be but i like it i like that you know so long as you back it up my problem like look if dylan brooks talked shit and then backed it up cool yeah that makes sense jamal murray big time shit talker backed it up cool that's what i like i like that stuff steph curry's screaming at the crowd after big three after big three after big three when he's make even if it isn't staring at the crowd, he'll make a shot. He'll make a three in the corner in front of the other team's bench. He'll turn around and just kind of look at that bench. Like it, it went in, right? Yeah, it went in. You know, it went in. It looked pretty, right? Yeah, it looked pretty. I know. I've seen it before. So long as you back it up, hell yeah, that's a big part of the game. Frankly, the NBA trying to police that out of the game is just stupid. Bring keep more of that in it. Let's go. And, and 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 like to that point, that like let's go aspect of this, I love that about Austin. I love that he's just like at any moment, yeah, cool, let's go. Other teams have noticed. Other teams around the league, uh, you know, teams that all passed up on him, by the way, in the draft. Uh, and and you can say, well, you know, Detroit was interested in drafting him, and he told Detroit that he would rather go undrafted. He has said that he wanted to be a Laker and that he wanted to play with LeBron because he thought he and LeBron would see eye-to-eye basketball-wise. Um, but but also importantly, though, could have gone... Like, in terms of what he brings to the table, Here's a, he should have been a first-round pick. Like, he, given what he's doing uh, in an actual playoff run and what he is going to be doing next year when I think he should be the Lakers' starting point guard, that's a first-round pick, right? So right then and there... Uh, and, and and like if he should have been a first round pick, he definitely should have been an early and mid second round pick. And then by the time it got to the late second round, a lot of these guys are recognizing and their agents and their teams are recognizing, yeah, it's it's probably best for me if I just pick my destination, find where I might get the most minutes, find in 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 the Lakers case, find where I might get the biggest platform. Um, and and especially playing on the Lakers next to LeBron is where your your name is always going to be in the headlines if you play well. And he has made good on that opportunity. So, but but still, you know, uh, as he approaches restricted free agency, there are teams that are interested, right? We have heard about Houston. We have heard about Utah. We have heard, and, and there are probably teams that haven't even been reported quite yet that are are, you know, potentially lining up to make some kind of an offer here to Austin that he would, then accept and then take back to the Lakers and they would probably accept as well. But uh, at the end of the day, 
around the league, this isn't uh, this this isn't some fluke kind of thing. It doesn't feel like, you know, the three point shooting feels sustainable. Um, the attacking closeouts because of the three point shooting feels sustainable. The ability to get to the free throw line um, with these rules as they is, are currently written also feels sustainable. So he's always going to be an efficient shooter. And as he gets older and stronger, um, we know that he's willing to compete on defense. So yeah, these teams are looking at this guy. It's like he's probably at the very least a a league average uh, starting point guard or starting two guard, depending on who your actual point guard is. And uh, from there, it can get better, right? He can be better than league average as a starting point guard. He can be you know, a good starting point guard in this league uh, and, and, and a taller one, right? He's like six, four, um, which, which is nice at that position. He's a little undersized. If, if the league kind of decides that he's a shooting guard it gets a little trickier there, right? Because you kind of have to have a point guard who is capable of, of defending really well. Right. Um, honestly, the perfect point guard for him to play alongside if he was to, um, if he was to, to, to move to a shooting guard, be like Lonzo, uh, if, if he could ever get healthy, but, but regardless, uh, if he is a point guard and I think he is, I think his, his handle is going to get a little tighter in this off season. And, uh, we already see what he can do off of the dribble as a shooter in the mid range. I, I think he has to get a little bit better as a shooter from deep, but yeah, the tools are all there. The mentality is there and the league has noticed it. Um, and, and they're, under under uh, more normal circumstances, there would be a ton of teams really line up lining up to make an offer for him. But um, as we're kind of finding out in this market, and the Lakers, I think, are doing a good job of this in 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 leaking this stance. Be, the Lakers are ready to match anything, and that might kind of limit what his market might be. So let's talk about that market. The most that the Lakers can offer right now is around. Four years for fifty-five mil. That would be an insane discount, right? That would be a a you know, that's the kind of deal that like right off the bat next year, Austin at like what would what would that be? Four years for fifty-five. Four years for fifty-five million. I should be able to do this off the top of the head, but here we are. Yeah, so about fourteen, thirteen seventy-five a year on average in in that contract. It would probably start at about 11 and then kind of escalate from there. Um, but in a, on average, over four years, paying Austin Rivers $14 million would be incredible. And next year, going into next year and, and, and paying him around 11 mil um, would be an absolute discount for the guy. Uh, so much so that, you know, it, again, under more certain normal circumstances, teams would be willing to offer up a uh, arenas rule contract where it starts at 11 jumps up another you know few million and then could really balloon up to the max that he could possibly be paid for a couple years and and now you're looking at at the most i believe is like four year 90 something million dollar contract and you know I, look i i've i've asked around and based on what i've heard so far the lakers are willing to like i said yesterday they are willing to match that offer. Um, they would think about it a little bit because four years, ninety something million for anybody, is is something to to you know make you give pause a little bit too. But but still, 
Um, from what I've heard, at the end of the day, they would probably just accept it and then make it work later. And um, as that word has made its way around the league, there's some concern there that, like, would that limit the number of teams? Like, if you know, and most teams aren't, I don't think Austin is going to get a four-year, 90-something million dollar offer. But um, if you're a team putting together that kind of money for him, you're doing so like because you think you'd be able to get the guy. Otherwise, you're putting that kind of an offer together and you're tying up that much money for three very important days in the offseason and only to probably just have the Lakers accept the offer, right? And so you, 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 you tie up your funds there. You do force the Lakers to overpay, um, which I think four years, 90-something million is, is a bit of an overpay for Austin. But, uh, but still, like you, you don't really get anything out of that, right? If you're, if you're a cap team, you're not really in, you don't, like, it doesn't really matter to you what the Lakers books look like the next couple of years. And by the time that escalates up, Austin might be such a good player that he might be worth those balloon payments that he would get in years three and four of that contract. Um, so like from an around the league standpoint, um, you know, there is a a bit of a state, a sentiment around there that like, yeah, I mean, we could do something, but it's not necessarily in, in, in our best interest to do it. So like what the Lakers might miraculously be able to get away with here is a four year, 55 ish million dollar contract. Um, because other teams might not wind up making an offer as they kind of know going into the offseason that the Lakers are getting ready to match any of those deals. And by the way, like I said earlier, this is just smart leaking from the Lakers' perspective. This is Rob Palenka's work as an agent coming to help them because the more that the Lakers make it known that they're just going to match anything, the more that that kind of limits the market from other teams who would say, well, why waste our time? Why make an offer for this guy and, and, and waste our time in those efforts? So yeah, that's, that's where, you know, from, from just a, a, a selfish Lakers fans point of view. Um, yeah, that, that works to the Lakers benefit. Also though, like I, I kind of want Austin to get paid. I think it's a really cool story. And I really like, like he was a, he was the Lakers' third or fourth best player over the course of a playoff run that got them to the Western Conference Finals. Um, and, and he did that as an undrafted second-year player. It would be kind of cool to see him get paid. So we'll, we'll, uh, the next thing that we have to talk about here are, are op, uh, Austin's options um, as or in the event that the market doesn't necessarily pre- present itself in a way that he would maybe have liked it to. So let's say he gets that four-year, 90-something million dollar deal, starts at 11 and jumps up to like 13, and then it jumps up to, you know, 27 or whatever, 30, and then jumps up another amount from there um, in order to get to whatever it takes to, to pay, you know, 90-something million dollars over four years with those balloon payments at the very end of it. And, um, you know... I guess it would be like 35, right, on average in those last couple of years or something like that. But anyway, uh, without like getting into the weeds of of what those numbers could be, 
Um, let's say that, that that's how that plays out, and he gets that offer, the Lakers match that offer, and it is the best-case scenario there for Austin. Um, cool, great, Lakers match, and they try to make it work from there and 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 kind of move forward however they have to. Well, the other side of it, like I just said a second ago, is if he doesn't get another offer but also doesn't want to tie himself to a four-year deal that would be, you know, in uh, below market deal for at least probably three of those years, if not all four of those years for a player who entered the league later than most, right? He has talked about the impact that uh, entering the league at this age has on what he is looking for and what he's prioritizing in this, in this uh, upcoming free agency and for, you know, the rest of his career as he tries to maximize those earnings. Um, But let's say he um, wants to bet on himself and he goes, all right, well, let's do this. I want to get to unrestricted free agency as quickly as possible. And I'm sure there are protocols here and there's, there are rules that, that he would have to abide by, but still, Let's just say he goes, um, max me out for two years and then let me hit unrestricted free agency and, you know, or, or be able to, to get an extension at the end of those two years that is more commensurate with my, with what I bring to the table than a four year 55 deal would be for me in, in, in over that time. Um, I would think that that makes some sense for him. Now, look, if he does that and underwhelms or gets hurt or something like that, he really screws himself over. But also, we have seen with guys like Fred Van Vliet, with other guys around the league, that like if you bet on yourself and you back it up, you can really make uh, significantly more money than if you just took the conservative deal that that you know was offered to you in restricted free agency. So. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of have in the back of my mind kind of nagging me here. Uh, I'm wondering if it doesn't make more sense here for, for Austin to essentially say, you know, uh, here's how I think this plays out. He goes to the Lakers, says, hey, are you willing to do four years for 55? They go, yeah, cool. I'm going to go look and see if I can find a better offer. Cool. They would be fine with that, right? Because... I, the Lakers know, from what I have heard, uh, the Lakers know that that would be under market value. So the Lakers would say, yep, go out, get whatever offer you can, and um, we would then see what that offer would be. If it is like four years, 65, 70 and up, I would probably tell, I, you know, I would think Austin takes that deal. Um, if it's, you know, less than that, I think he probably, you know, has some thinking to do. And obviously if it's more than that, then it's just, you know, he takes that deal and he, and he moves forward as such. But, uh, if, if, uh, if it is around that number or if it is certainly below that number, he might go to the Lakers and go, Hey, um, again, two year deal starting at 11 next year, 13 or 14. And, let me hit unrestricted free agency. No hard feelings. There would there would ha- there wouldn't have to be hard feelings here. The Lakers literally on their own cannot offer more than the four year fifty five million dollar deal. 
Um, the only way that there would be any kind of hard feelings here is if he goes to them and goes, hey, what's your offer? And they go like two years, 15, right? <laughs> that would that would uh, rightfully piss him off. And I think that would say that would get him to to take, you know, go out, field another offer. The Lakers could potentially match it, but you're still kind of like the relationship probably isn't in its best place there. Or he goes, all right, fine. Give me, give me that. And then, uh, or, or give me slightly more than that. Let me hit unrestricted free agency and I'm going to remember this. Right. Um, so, so I, I, you know, I, I think it behooves the Lakers. And from what I've heard, the Lakers are going to offer him the four year, $55 million deal. Just like it behooves Austin to hear that out and then go out across the league and canvas and see what he can get there. And if some team offers him a reasonable deal, the Lakers just match and both sides move forward as such. And if not, I I wouldn't be shocked if he just says, all right, let's give me some kind of short-term security and also let me hit unrestricted free agency before I start to hit that age where players typically plateau. And in any of those circumstances, I don't think there would be any hard feelings regardless. And from what we have heard from Rob Polinka and from what we have heard from Austin Reeves, both sides are entering these negotiations from a very uh, positive standpoint. And there's no real reason to be nervous as a fan who wants to see him in Laker gold for the foreseeable future. I know that was a lot of numbers. I know that was a lot of of kind of rambling and stuff like that. But uh, if you are curious about what his market might be and how this might play out, that is the most context and that is the most information that I can provide you. Again, as a quick summary, from what I have heard, the Lakers are ready to offer him as much as they can. Also, from what I have heard, they anticipate him going out and finding uh, trying to find a better offer. And also from what I've heard, there is some concern that the the market out there might be a little bit more timid than it would normally be because everybody knows, as the Lakers have made it known, that they are just going to match anything anyway. So there are a few different directions that this can go that, that this whole situation can go in. But if I had to bet on this, I would very confidently bet on Austin Reeves, being, Austin Reeves being a Laker here for at least the next two to four years, if not beyond that. All right, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Obviously a very math happy and heavy uh, episode here. Hope I didn't you know, wear you guys out there. If you want something a little bit more entertaining, a little bit more boisterous, you should listen to, if you haven't already, the definitive conversation about Anthony Davis that Harrison and I had uh, earlier today that is uh, either already on your feed if you aren't listening to this right away. Um, and if you are listening to this right when it airs, then it will be on your feed and by the time this episode ends. Um, so yeah, check that out. As well as the article that I wrote for Substack uh, about LeBron's comments and then you know I guess the subsequent uh, podcast I've recorded with Sedano on those co- uh, on those comments and yeah let's uh let's keep this thing rolling so until the next time I hear you guys or hear from you guys or you hear from me I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one